welcome everyone to Understanding the I Am That Is You podcast. Yay! Grateful night, family of light. I pray all is well with everyone tonight. And your hearts and minds are full of love, joy, and compassion for everyone everywhere, all over the world. But if not, look around and know that now is the time for each and every one of us to turn up our power of love and radiate the divine light of our own mighty I Am Presence in an effort to defeat the darkness of the invisible enemy, that enemy that existed even before our existence. And although mankind has been conditioned to forget our divine heritage, still we did not come to this world unequipped for this ongoing battle between light and darkness. However, let us not fear it, since we already have within us the most powerful weapon to defeat it, and that is the power of the light of God that will never, ever fail us. If only y'all would believe it. Amen. Give thanks and praises for love and life, and y'all be loved. Joy to those who know the Father. The gospel of truth is joy for those who have received from the Father of truth the grace of knowing Him by the power of the Word, who has come from the fullness, and who is in the thought and the mind of the Father. This is the one who is called the Savior, since that is the name of the work that He must do for the redemption of those who have not known the Father. For the name of the gospel is the revelation of hope, since that is the discovery of those who seek Him, because the realm of all sought Him from whom it came. You see, all was inside of him, that illimitable, inconceivable one, who is better than every thought. Ignorance of the Father brings error. This ignorance of the Father brought about terror and fear. And terror became dense like a fog, so no one was able to see. Because of this, error became strong. But she worked on her material substance vainly, because she did not know the truth. She assumed a fashion figure while she was preparing, in power and in beauty, the substitute for truth. This, then, was not a humiliation for the illimitable, inconceivable one. For they were as nothing, this terror and this forgetfulness, and this figure of falsehood, whereas established truth is unchanging, unperturbed, and completely beautiful. For this reason, do not take error too seriously. Since error had no root, she was in a fog regarding the Father. She was preparing works and forgetfulnesses and fears in order, by these means, to beguile those of the middle and to make them captive. The forgetfulness of error was not revealed. It did not become light beside the Father. Forgetfulness did not exist with the Father, although it existed because of Him. What exists in Him is knowledge, which was revealed so that forgetfulness might be destroyed and that the Father might be known. Since forgetfulness existed because the Father was not known, if the Father comes to be known, from that moment on forgetfulness will cease to exist. Jesus is the fruit of knowledge. That is the gospel of Him whom they seek, which he has revealed to the perfect through the mercies of the Father as the hidden mystery, Jesus the Anointed. Through him he enlightened those who were in darkness because of forgetfulness. He enlightened them and gave them a path. And that path is the truth that he taught them. For this reason error was angry with him, so she persecuted him. She was distressed by him, and she was made powerless. He was nailed to a tree. He became a fruit of the knowledge of the Father. 
He did not, however, destroy them because they ate of it. He rather caused those who ate of it to be joyful because of this discovery. And as for him, he found them in himself, and they found him in themselves, that illimitable, inconceivable one, that perfect father who made all, in whom the realm of all is, and whom the realm of all lacks, since he retained in himself their perfection, which he had not given to all. The father was not jealous. What jealousy, indeed, is there between him and his members? For, even if the eternal being had received their perfection, they would not have been able to approach the perfection of the father, because he retained their perfection in himself, giving it to them as a way to return to him and as a knowledge unique in perfection. He is the one who set all in order and in whom all existed and whom all lacked. As one of whom some have no knowledge, he wants them to know him and love him. What did they lack, if not the knowledge of the Father? The Son reveals the word of the Father. The Son appeared, informing them of the Father, the Illuminable One. He inspired them with that which is in the mind, while doing his will. Many received a light and turned toward him. But material people were alien to him and did not discern his appearance nor recognize him. For he came in the likeness of flesh and nothing blocked his way because what is incorruptible is irresistible. Moreover, while saying new things, speaking about what is in the heart of the Father, he proclaimed the faultless word. Light spoke through his mouth, and his voice brought forth life. He gave them thought and understanding and mercy and salvation, and the spirit of strength derived from the infinity and sweetness of the Father. He caused punishments and scourgings to cease, for it was they that caused many in need of mercy to stray from him in error and in chains, and he mightily destroyed them and righted them with knowledge. He became a path for those who went astray and knowledge for those who were ignorant, a discovery for those who sought, and a support for those who tremble, a purity for those who were defiled. The Son is the shepherd of the one lost sheep. He is the shepherd who left behind the ninety-nine sheep that had not strayed and went in search of that one which was lost. He rejoiced when he had found it. For ninety-nine is a number expressed with the left hand. The moment he finds the one, however, the whole number is transferred to the right hand. Thus it is with him who lacks the one, that is, the entire right hand, which attracts that in which it is deficient, seizes it from the left side, and transfers it to the right. In this way, then, the number becomes 100. This is the symbol of the sound of the numbers. It is the Father. He labored even on the Sabbath for the sheep that he found fallen into the pit. He saved the life of that sheep, bringing it up from the pit that you may understand fully what that Sabbath is, you who are the children of the understanding of the heart. It is a day in which it is not fitting that salvation be idle, so that you may speak of that heavenly day that has no night and of the sun that does not set because it is perfect. Say then in your heart that you are this perfect day and that in you lives the light that does not fail. The Gospel of Truth Isis Unveiled, Chapter 11 Since the advent of spiritualism, physicians and pathologists are more ready than ever to treat great philosophers like Paracelsus and Van Helmont as superstitious quacks and charlatans, and to ridicule their notions about the Archaeus, or Anima Mundi, as well as the importance they gave to a knowledge of the machinery of the stars. And yet, how much of substantial progress has medicine effected since the days when Lord Bacon classed it among the conjectural sciences? Such philosophers as Democritus, Aristotle, Euripides, Epicurus, or rather his biographer, Lucretius, Aeschylus, 
and other ancient writers, whom the materialists so willingly quote as authoritative opponents of the dreamy Platonists, were only theorists, not adepts. The latter, when they did write, either had their works burned by Christian mobs or they worded them in a way to be intelligible only to the initiated. Who of their modern detractors can warrant that he knows all about what they know? Diocletian alone burned whole libraries of works upon the secret arts, not a manuscript treating on the art of making gold and silver escape the wrath of this unpolished tyrant. Arts and civilization had attained such a development at what is now termed the archaic ages that we learn, through Champollion, that Athothi, the second king of the first dynasty, wrote a work on anatomy, and the king Necho on astrology and astronomy. Blantuses and Sintras were two learned geographers of those pre-Mosaic days, Elian speaks of the Egyptian Iacus, whose memory was venerated for centuries for his wonderful achievements in medicine. He stopped the progress of several epidemics, merely with certain fumigations. H.P. Blavatsky A work of Apollonides, surnamed Orapios, is mentioned by Theophilus, patriarch of Antioch, entitled The Divine Book and giving the secret biography and origin of all the gods of Egypt, and Amianus Marcellinus speaks of a secret work in which was noted the precise age of the bull Apis, a key to many a mystery and cyclic calculation. What has become of all these books, and who knows the treasures of learning they may have contained? We know but one thing for a certainty, and that is, that pagan and Christian vandals destroyed such literary treasures wherever they could find them, and that the Emperor Alexander Severus went all over Egypt to collect the sacred books on mysticism and mythology, pillaging every temple, and that the Ethiopians, old as were the Egyptians in arts and sciences, claimed a priority of antiquity as well as of learning over them, as well they might, for they were known in India at the earliest dawn of history. We also know that Plato learned more secrets in Egypt than he was allowed to mention, and that, according to Champollion, all that is really good and scientific in Aristotle's works, so prized in our day by our modern inductionists, is due to his divine master, and that, as a logical sequence, Plato having imparted the profound secrets he had learned from the priests of Egypt to his initiated disciples Orly, who in their turn passed it from one generation to another of adepts, the latter know more of the occult powers of nature than our philosophers of the present day. H.P. Blavatsky The I Am Discourses, Volume 13 Now, each one of you has quite recently had the feeling of moments of great power and release of energy. Then you feel like you would like to have a few more hours of sleep. You see, that is not a sustained momentum, not that I would have you make special effort for it, but as you realize this power and energy is coming from your presence, it is not an effort. Your call does release the energy, but at the same time, it is not the energy and it is not responsible for the energy, but your call is the release or the signal for the release of the energy. Now notice carefully the difference in the action, a call without gathered energy is only power for fractional results, while energy gathered in a specific requirement dashes forward to the complete and full accomplishment, as you have noticed in many instances, with the speed of thought. Now, this is where you will all come to be, and if you would just do it and forget it, you have no idea, it sounds so very simple, but what it means to you. If you would spend only two, three, 
or maybe five minutes on charging your feeling world with perfect peace and rest and invincible protection on retiring, and if your outer requirements take extra time, charge yourselves for the complete rest for the hours which you have. Then on arising in the morning, before any thought and feeling begin to come concerning the outer world, stand on your feet, or if you are sort of wakening, while you are lying flat on your back in bed, begin to call forth and charge your mind, body, world, and feeling activity with a limitless energy, mighty directing intelligence, invincible protection, and the release and outpouring of divine love and blessings to go before you everywhere. As you keep charging that into the feeling world, there is always more or less that comes forth during the activity of the day, but remember that you never expend more than within 10% of the limit you call forth. You always retain at least 10%. Now that means within a short time, aside from the service rendered for the moment, you would gain an energy and power that would be ready for any emergency. It would govern anything that concerned you. Now I am saying this today because I want you to come into very definite action. I mean within your own feeling world. This is your own selves especially, but gains that momentum and power just the same as David Lloyd did that brought such tremendous results. Then you come to realize that you are dealing with a definite power of energy, qualified all the time, which is producing definite results. Beloved Saint Germain In the precipitated dinners or banquets I did not call all this forth just on the spur of the moment, but knowing what I intended to do, in the octave above was prepared, ready, that which I lowered forth into visibility for use. Not that we could not draw it forth instantly and directly, but we utilize the same wisdom and judgment that should be used in the outer world wherein you do not use energy unnecessarily. Not that there is not plenty of it, but there is a balance in all action of the law. In an emergency there is no limit to the energy which can be used and should be, but if you have not gained it in your feeling world, then it would have to be one of us powerfully charging and releasing what you had accumulated, small or great, to furnish the energy for that specific achievement. Of course, this we have done many times, but we want you to feel your authority, your responsibility to govern these conditions yourselves. It is just the same in calling forth your supply of money or whatever it is, the same with the students, many of them not realizing that they have not generated and gathered enough energy because they have not been steady enough in their call and charging their world with energy and power of achievement. They sometimes marvel that their calls are not answered more quickly. Well, it is because their reservoir of energy has been exhausted to a large extent, and they are not charging it dynamically enough to recharge it and gain the momentum. So, in this simple explanation you will see how every move you make, everything you do can be turned into a definite law of life in its victory over the outer things. It is as definite as anything in the world, the most practical thing, because the simplicity of the law makes it possible for any person who wants to, to comprehend. Beloved Saint Germain